Hello there, beautiful people. Welcome to Students of Life podcast with your host, Akwesia Pepera. This podcast focuses on a journey through our life, along with a special focus on holistic wellness from mental, emotional, spiritual, all the way through. So this episode, this is another episode on a conversation series. This conversation is all about men. And I had two amazing young men who I am very, very proud to call my friends, Sam and Smith, on this episode with me. And I just give them the floor to share their mental and emotional health story, their first encounter with mental health challenges, the things they've learned, their healing, how they see the world from a man perspective when it comes to mental and emotional health. Spoke about so much and so many things that we know we, even as women, can learn from. And a lot of men will be able to listen to them and be like, yo... They have my story. They're saying exactly how I feel right now. And I really just wanted to do that to, um, in this episode was to give the, 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 the floor to young black men to just like be free, be vulnerable and speak their truth. That's what we do on this ep- on this conversation series is allow people to tell their stories from the place that they feel comfortable enough to tell it. So I hope you enjoy this. Buckle up your seatbelts. Time to get inspired and time to just, you know, learn and get informed. Let's get straight into it. So, I am here with two amazing, amazing, amazing men. Um, and I'm going to let them have the floor to introduce themselves. Yep. And today's episode, as you guys already like, heard the intro, it is going to be about mental health. And just like them telling their story from a man perspective, like what they've been through, the lessons they've learned, and the things that they want to share with the world that they feel like other men, young men can also learn something from it. Mm-hmm. So, I hope that you guys are buckled in for this story. Because I know it's going to be a hell of a story. It's like, I don't know all of it. I'm going to be ahead of the story. It's been very inspiring, very motivational. Also, quite, yes. maybe, quite emotional. Uh-huh. But let's start with the first person. So, I'm going to start with you, Sam. Okay. So, <laughs> tell the people who you are. Tell them <laughs> your story. Tell them who you are first. And just give, like, give yourself like an right. introduction so they know who you okay, are. Okay, so yeah. obviously, I'm Sam Charles, and I'm, a, I'm an author. I publish books on Amazon. I'm also a podcast host, and I make YouTube videos as well. I'm currently reading law in University of New Charleston, University of Charleston in West Virginia, USA. So yeah, that's basically a little bit about me. And I've really struggled with mental health growing up. So I felt that this is the time for us men to speak up and, you know, share our ideas, how we can also cope with mental health issues as men. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be exciting today. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so Smith is my other guest as well. It's going to be like a three-way call. So mm-hmm. Smith, you, we've already been on the, on the podcast before, but yeah, give us your, give the people your introduction to you, who you are and everything. Okay, so my name is Captain Smith. Um, I'm a YouTuber, content creator, and also I do podcasts now. And um, I live in Arizona, and I'm a data analytics student here. And yes, I've also had to deal with mental health growing up, especially in Africa. So yeah, it's good I'm here to like to talk about it and find the best ways to go about it in the near future. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm, I'm happy to have a whole of you here. We've definitely been planning this for, you know, the past was like, since the beginning of the month. I think beginning of the month, isn't it? We've been planning this because we're all like in three different <laughs> time zones in different countries and stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. So I want to start with the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. Sam, let me start with you because I already started with you. So tell us about your story. So your mental health journey uh-huh. from when was the first time that you, you went through something? Maybe back that time you didn't know you was going to do mental, but maybe okay. now you're growing, you're like, oh my God, that was mental health. Yes. So what was your first like 
encounter? What's your first like story? What's your first thing that happened to you that made you go through that? Mental health. How did that affect you as well? Okay. Um, first of all, it's something that happens, it's something that has happened to most men. That is breakups, you know, when you are with someone that you love so much, you invest so much emotions into the person, and then for some reason the person dumps you or you are no more. The thing that you experience mostly is depression, you feel betrayed, you feel very down, and that is a clear sign of a mental health issue. So for me, it started in 2020 during the COVID lockdown. Um, you know, people were at home, we weren't doing much. So there was this girl I was talking to, not relationship, but then you know kind of situation shit, yes and then okay. she just dumped me. so i became very depressed probably that was the first time i experienced depression because i've not really had a reason to be depressed sad i'm always happy laughing and stuff but that was probably the first time i ever got depressed i was so down i was so like the lowest point so in the times that i was depressed i was at home obviously and you know how african parents react to mental health issues Hey, yeah. early morning, you are, you are sleeping. What are you doing? Hey, come on, wake up. You understand mm-hmm. all those kind of things that they say are mm-hmm. to you. Now, when I was depressed, I didn't feel like eating. I didn't feel like talking to anyone. I just wanted to be alone. And that is one thing that most parents don't understand, that your kids also go through mental health issues. They have mental health issues. And the remedy isn't shouting at them or telling them that they are being lazy or they are not being serious. You should know why they are probably down or why they are probably sad. For me, my parents didn't know about mental health. They didn't know what I was going through. So they kept on shouting at me. They kept on doing their normal things. And it made the situation worse. It, oh. it made the whole thing worse. The fact that I was already, already down, didn't have anyone to talk to. Obviously, you can't go and tell your friend that you're going through a breakup. For men, personally, for my encounter, as men, when you tell each other that, oh, bro, I'm depressed or I'm a bit down, their reaction will be like, hey, stop fooling, Charlie. Yeah. You know, boys, boys, they're like, Charlie, stop fooling. They'll not even take it serious, but they'll just brush it off. But then when you go and tell females on the other hand that, oh, I'm really down, I'm going to remain, I'm going to show you some care. Oh, what is happening? Talk to me and all that. But then there's something that comes with it when you open up or when you are you are being vulnerable to women. Is they tend to, you know, lose the respect that they have for you. I don't know, for my, from my perspective, that is what I've realized, that when you are open to women, you are vulnerable, you show them that you are weak, you are depressed, you are going through this. They tend to see you to be a weak person because women don't expect men, naturally, they don't expect men to come to them and complain that they are depressed or they are going through a lot they wouldn't really see you to be that kind of person so it wasn't an option for me so i had to deal with depression myself and i even wrote a book about it titled those who are depressed i wrote a book about how i had to deal with depression on my own by watching youtube videos listening to podcasts reading books and fighting depression on my own so that is my own show of mental health yeah okay all right so yours is from like a space or relationship yes that's like your first time yes exactly okay they served me breakfast and 2020 was, 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 was also a time that yes, everybody was, was down, so yeah. the whole world was kind of like going through its own yes, like depression on the exactly. very true. so yeah it's like you can't even run out and go to places or go everybody shut down yes you can't even go out to socialize yes yeah oh my god okay thank you for sharing that thank you very much okay. so we're gonna go to smith now smith i'm gonna ask you the same question as well when was like your first encounter with mental health um issues and like you know challenges and everything and t- tell us your story Okay, so uh, for me, I think it's my, I think the opposite of Sam, because like, I, I don't think I've had any uh, mental breakdown from like women or relationships and things like that. So, yeah, so about thing, I'll say, um, I don't know about Sam, but like, when he, he said his own was in a relationship and all it's like 2020, right? So it's like, it's like a recent thing, right? Yes. So that that's it. So what of like childhood? Because mine is more yes. of like childhood mm-hmm. thing okay. too. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say um, mine is something that's been from childhood. I think 
it, it's really broad and it's not really like specific because like it came from so many things it came from the the Ghanaian school system it came from like you know family uh-huh. it came from um, basically anything that's like you get involved in as a child in in Ghana right yes there was so, there's so much like um there's so much like mental issues that were going on that like at that age I wouldn't be able I wasn't able to tell what was going on you know you are sad all the time because of certain things but you do you know how to like categorize it as what oh, is this is that so it's like yes how it's like maybe every child is going through it but like like when it came to so many things for me um I'll start with the school system right mm-hmm. no matter which school you go to, what how expensive it is, no matter whether it's government or private, you, I think that's just in Ghana or Africa, like, the mental health thing mm-hmm. is something that's um, intricate and they don't, um, they don't pay attention to it. So I would say, growing up, when it came to academics, when it came to dealing with teachers in Ghanaian, I mean, African, you know, teachers, African, like, school systems has been, one of the reasons why um, yeah. I I struggle with so much depression and all that, and also yeah, and when it, after that, right, I knew that some of the things we we go through starts from home, but I think mine started from school, and I the ads carry the baggage home, uh-huh. but like you, you as an African child, you don't know how to express it to your parents. Very true. So it's like you have to like deal with it at home and. Don't understand it, and for me, I didn't grow up with, with like my both my both my parents, right? Yeah. I only got my mom most of the time, so mm-hmm. it was also a different kind of like um, baggage to handle. Because like as a child, yeah, yeah. like neglect. Yeah, not say neglect, but like you won't understand what like your parents have to have to do, uh-huh. you know. To make to or to take certain decisions, and so it's as you grow up, you understand. Okay, mm-hmm. my dad is not here because of this and that. You know all those kind of things. Yeah. You know because of work and all those things. You know? mm-hmm. And something that you won't understand for the first, you know, yeah. probably like twelve years of your life. And so like you get older, you understand all mm-hmm. this, this and that. So it's something that if it's not explained to you properly at a young age, if it's not, yeah. yeah with those kind of information at a very tender age, you, you you grow up with a lot of like depression and and you know and so much like sadness and all that. Yeah. Then so it's all, all bottles are from there. I won't say my started from experience things. I think my started from way back. Yeah. And I feel like as I said, mine is the opposite of Sam. Yeah. So from 2020 was a time. Yeah. Um most part most part of my depression dropped, most part of my mental issues dropped because yeah. That was the first time, mm-hmm. um, you know. You know, school school went on hold in twenty twenty, right? Yeah. 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 So as I said from the beginning, mine started from like school, right? So my depression dropped down from twenty twenty when we, you know, COVID happened. And everyone had to stay at home. Mm-hmm. That was the time I got so much freedom and so much confidence to start things mm-hmm. that I didn't know I could do, and I felt like for the last like from basically 2019 backwards a lot of things were holding me back and it was all because of i would say school because like i was so much like i couldn't make any any innovative moves yeah. or i couldn't open my mind or think creatively 
it felt stuck. During times, yeah. So from 2020 was when I was able to be free and also able to initiate things, I was able to innovate things, I was able to bring a lot of things into life, and I was able to be, like, create things that have made, like, have, have made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's how, that's how it's how, like, take it as, like, how my mental health, like, story has, like, you know, formed. Okay, that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I have a couple of questions because I want to just make sure it's 100% clear. And correct me if, I've, um, if, I, if I'm mistaken. So you said that it started from school um, for you. Um, you also mentioned that in Ghana, and even we can say that for Africa as a whole as well, mm-hmm. is that most of the schools, either private or public, yes. they don't have mental health facilities and like counselors and therapists and mm-hmm. just like a whole kind of program around mental health not, not even school. To, the, to the wellness of the children there's there so you didn't have any kind of um uh, anybody or any kind of program there that's gonna that was made to like assist you if you needed someone to talk to or just like needed you know just a bit of help on that like, like your mental and emotional wellness kind of thing but then you also said that when it comes to your household you grew up with your mother so your father was not in the picture am i correct yes yeah you're correct okay so from everything you're saying, so I'm looking at it from a perspective. Say, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, because your father was not in the picture, and obviously when you're younger, your parents, especially now African parents, they don't even want to explain things. They feel like, oh, you're too young, you're too young, you're too young. Even when you're 25, they'll be telling you you're too young. Yes. <laughs> they don't want yes. to have certain. They don't want to have certain real conversations with their children because they feel like, oh, he's too young, you're too young. So your mom probably didn't want to have that kind of conversation with you. So you was you grew up with so many questions. Still, there's too many questions as a child. Probably about your father, your mother, and your father's relationship. Um, you know, just about everything. Probably all the things that little kid like you want to know. And because you wasn't getting answers at, at home, when you went to school, what was happening at school that also made you feel like school was not was also like not enjoyable for you? Because I get the household ones, but at school, and what exactly was happening at school that just made you feel like I don't want to be here? Okay, so aside there not being some form of active, you know movements for like mental health and like you know from basic schools primary to jhs to shs right there was this kind of like uh, how do i say this kind of like there's so much pressure in the basic school system especially in the private school system i don't know much about the government school but like in the private schools right there's so much in the schools i attended there's so much pressure when it comes to the academics and the kind of work you have to put in, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I always envied my friends in the government schools because, like, I would come back home from I would come back home from school, right, on a Friday, mm-hmm. and I have like over like almost almost sixteen to twenty assignments to finish oh. before um, before Monday morning, right? Mm-hmm. And I have my my area boys who attend government schools, right. And they come and they have, they literally have like just one homework or no homework. And they're they're kind of like, you know, happy and like, so like, you know, free during like Friday night, Saturday. And I see them playing football on the streets, excited, you know, running up and down, all that. And I have to deal with like, like literally one subject can have like three different homeworks. And I have to like, bottle my childhood uh, you know, feelings and childhood excitement to do yeah. what children do mm-hmm. on weekends, right? Mm-hmm. And figure out this homework. Like it was, it was like every week, like every week, where you had to carry like huge like books, like 
for my school, if you if you do not bring a certain book uh-huh. to school, like a certain textbook or something yeah. to school, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be an issue. Like yeah. my bag, my bag had to be really heavy every thing. Yeah. It's aside from that, and also like there was so much pressure. Like I don't know about you guys, but like private schools in Ghana, kind of like. The, like the expectations for the things you have to do in a private school is so much compared to that. and just so like I used to like you get school like probably like six thirty a.m. you leave uh-huh. school like five thirty p.m. and um you get home and it's not like me a Friday thing like Monday homework Tuesday homework Wednesday homework Thursday like every day so it's like you're on the clock. Like trying to like wrap your head around so many things and how to deal with family issues and how to yeah. deal with school issues, and you also have to deal with like the authoritative like lifestyle of like Ghanaian teachers and all those things where like you have that we call it respect, but I don't think it's respect at this point because like there's so much fear. Okay. For, like, Okay. Like, much fear for the for like, the teachers. Yeah, like, when they try to put fear in you, so the the beating, shouting, to kind of like make. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. and it's something that you cannot challenge or you cannot talk to. You know how you watch these American movies and you see how the the young ones, you know, challenge and talk to their their yeah. supervisors, their their administrators, their you know principals and all that. Yes. And you don't have you because of the African like training definition of respect. Mm-hmm. You can't you know talk. Or you can you know, those kind of things. So they're like, okay. so something okay, so I want to do. Yeah. For you, your whole thing was when it comes to school, the way the per, the way Ghana's school system has been programmed, and we speak about just the the um the private one, because that's one that you have you you went to that you're talking about. So the private school system within Ghana, the way they they, they program everything to be was just very toxic and just like not very child friendly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that made you really hate going to school because you felt like it was too much pressure, too much noise, too much that as a child. You just felt like this is too much for me. I can't bear this is too much for my shoulders. Yeah, for that. So age, that's yeah. a lot more of a lot of emotional, like just unbalancing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot sense. I, I understand why now yes. the school was like a no-no for you as a kid. Mm-hmm. I get I, I understand how a child can literally feel like go to school and literally want to cry go to school and literally feel like yeah. i want to run out of here like this is like prison for me and that can definitely take a toll on your mental and emotional health so that makes yeah. more sense on the school so we understand okay so yours again just just to repeat so yours started from school and then also from home as well yeah. coming from like a single parent house isn't it yeah yeah okay that's clear that's cool Thank you very much for sharing that because I know there's a lot of people going to listen to this and they're like, be like, oh, I know what he's talking about. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many, especially Africans in general, because I know you think runs to Nigeria, Congo, Kenya. African school systems are just very uh, too much of shouting and just too much rah rah rah. But thank you very much for sharing that. So I want us to move on to the next sector. Yeah. Um, come back to you, Sam. Mm-hmm. Your one was obviously to do with relationship, and then yes. the, the girl kind of just like left you hanging. Yeah. That just broke you down. Mm-hmm. When that happened, you said that you were using YouTube and like, yes. you know, listening to podcasts, yes. reading books and things mm-hmm. to try and figure out what was going on with you yes. and stuff like that and had to yes. come out of it. Did you mm-hmm. know at that point that, oh my God, I'm going through depression or did you not, was you just confused? And how did you really uh-huh. like, you know, what really helped you within that time to really figure out like, oh, this is depression, this is this, this is that? 
Okay. So first of all, I didn't know I didn't want to accept the fact that it was called depression because I wanted to keep this shit where I'll be able to say that I've never been depressed before. And it was true, I've never I had never been depressed before. Of course, you'll be beaten in schools, but in African homes, you'll be beaten, you'll be treated somewhere, but then you know, it doesn't really lead to depression. You don't really get depressed like that long, like I experienced. But when this situation shift or whatever happened, it just made me so down. Like I I felt very down. I didn't eat like for about three days. I was just so down myself. And I just Googled, I remember Googling 15 ways to get over someone who doesn't like you know those kind of random yes, things. Yes, like, how they, to Google, cook. Google went mm-hmm. one now. <laughs> yes, you'll be Googling it. So I think it was through this Googling that I found this video by an American poet called Prince EA. And the title of the video was I think Stop Playing with Your Life. And he talks about how time was ticking. It's literally talked about everything that was happening to me. Time was ticking. People were meant to live your life. Like, literally. And you know the YouTube algorithm, it keeps recommending such things to mm-hmm. you. So mm-hmm. he started recommending videos about depression, videos about moving on, videos about healing, like all those random stuff. So when I kept watching these videos, I started implementing them. And I realized that, ah, come on. So depression is something that you can actually cope with. It. It's not something that... It's supposed to be permanent and actually yeah. depression is actually a good thing first of all in my opinion i feel depression is a good thing because it's an indication that there's something not so that's some, there's something that's supposed to be working but it's not working so let's say you see your life let's say your, your academics are not going on well and you are depressed because of that to me it will be an indication that i need to work on my academics not that i have to sit down and cry and just be ponder about the issue that has happened it just feels like it's an indication for me to work on my academics let's say people are living my life my friends are living all of a sudden people don't talk to me i'm, I'm not supposed to get depressed about it i'm supposed to see it as an indication to work on my relationships how do i treat people how do i talk to people this and that so in my opinion that is how i saw from the videos that i watched online it changed my perspective to seeing depression to be a good thing and there's a motivational speaker forgotten his name he said something that depression also means that your spiritual mind or your your mind or your spirit can see good things ahead of you but your body is not working towards it so it feels very disappointed it feels like you can reach out for more you can reach out for better things yes you can reach out for better things but then your your body is not it's not working hard enough to get it that is why we see celebrities online and we feel depressed we see rich people online we feel like they are better than us because your mind knows that you can reach your mind has to reach that level that is the level you are supposed to be but you're not working hard enough to get towards it so that is why you are depressed that is why you feel down so from the videos that i was watching reading books podcasts and stuff those were the things that i learned and i learned to implement depression in the right way by letting go of what has happened and using my experiences to help other people and that is what led to my books and my podcast and stuff yes okay mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you at some point because yes. when you talk about it from a space of, you know, um, sometimes like you feel sad, you feel really down, yes. you start thinking like, oh, mm-hmm. why am I not here yet? Yes. I want to do this. Yes. It's very true. It's taking very long. True. Why, very is, you know, why are these people, why is everyone yes. me winning? It's like, I'm just yes. kind of like, no matter what I try, everything <laughs> is not going true. on my feet yes. and stuff there. Within mm-hmm. that case, I definitely get a, what, what you said about um, Yes. It's like an indication that your spirit is yearning for something that you can't. It's yearning for something. Yes. But somehow your body hasn't really been able to attain mm-hmm. it. Yet. Very so true. the spirit is like, hurry up, let's get there. Yes. Yeah. Hurry but up and get there. When you through things like maybe they've lost their father, mm-hmm. things like maybe um uh, they've lost their husband or wife, yes. they've lost a child, mm-hmm. uh, maybe something to do with a job. Like, you know, some people go through, they can get laid off from work. Laid off work, yes. When those kind of situations happen, that mm-hmm. one we can't use the same analogy. Very true. Yeah, because those ones is like completely different. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's like yeah. But one thing that I correct me if I'm wrong, but from everything you're saying, mm-hmm. you you are one of those people that 
you know how to get yourself outside of things. Yes, naturally. naturally. You are very, you're, yeah, that's very mm. much like me. Like, yes. you are very self-aware. Yes. If something is happening to you, you, you can tell, like, this is happening to me. This is happening you, to you me. If you don't understand it 100%, you can feel like, okay, I feel like that, I feel like this. Yes. So you know how, you know how to get up very when true. you can research. Mm-hmm. You don't have to help yourself. Yes, how, how I can I try to diagnose? And lots yes. of people don't have that superpower. Yes, and they, you it's, have one have the it, it's one thing. It's one thing. It's one thing, one another thing about depression. When I was reading about this whole depression topic, another thing I learned about depression is that sometimes it comes out of fear. So for my situation, when the girl stopped talking to me, she was someone I was talking to every day. You know how mm-hmm. when you, you like someone, you always want to talk to you, you're texting yeah. the person 24 hours. So when the person just left you, you are scared that hey, now that she's left, who am I going to talk to? You are scared, you have that fear of being lonely, you have that fear of being like you feel like you are not enough, so you you are you are afraid about the death too. Let's say um, someone so dear to you, you lost that person. You just have that fears that, you, like, you're not going to see that person again. Like, how are you going to cope with you not seeing that person again? It all stems from fear. That is what I read. That sometimes our depression comes from fear. Let's say you broke up with someone, and then that person was giving you money all the time. That person was, you know, be giving you this, giving you all these things, and now they left you. You ask, you are scared. That, ah, this person that has left my life. Hey, how am I going to cope with this? How am I going to do this? Now that is where your depression will start. Let's say um, you you had a grade of you had an, a GP of 2.1 and they tell you that when you get a GP of 1.9 or a GP of 2.0, you are leaving the school, we are sacking you from the school. Automatically, you become depressed because you are scared that, hey, what will happen when I leave the school? What will happen when I get a GP of 2.0? But then when they tell you that, oh, if your GPA hits 2.0, we are not going to sack you, we are just going to talk to you, come the reaction or you, the chances of you getting depressed will be very low, you understand? So sometimes I feel like depression also stems from fear. Once you're able to conquer fear, Fear of you, fear of the unknown, unknown, fear of anything. I mean, anything that happens, I'm fine. I can just cope with it. I think you should be fine. And also, I'm a firm believer of it's not what happens to you that actually matters, but then it's your reaction. So I'm a firm believer of that thing that, oh, in case something happens to me, what is the best thing that I can do right now? For my situation, when I had this whole immigration issue coming to the US, when I was refused, of course, I was depressed. But in the midst of my depression, I just asked myself, okay, fine, I've been refused the visa. What can I do this time to get approved the next time? That was my reaction throughout the entire game. And it kept me going. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah like I said, I, I, there's, there's different type of people. And you are one of those people like, <laughs> I definitely get some, I'm, I'm very similar that way as well. Yes. I don't, I, I don't need somebody to come and be telling yes. me what's happening every single minute, but like telling me how to get out of mm-hmm. something, out of things. Like I know how to get myself out of things and get myself into things. And mm-hmm. when you have that, it makes life very simpler. And yes. I guess that's some of the things that we, everybody, sh- that's the kind of quality that everybody needs. Yes. But not everybody, unfortunately, has those qualities. Has that quality, yes. Where they're able to be independent, yes. you know, figure out mm-hmm. things on your own mm-hmm. and you yes. get yourself like that strong mind. Mm-hmm. And stuff, and that's where obviously problems happen in this world. Where mm-hmm. some people to a point, they get to a point where they commit suicide because there's people yes. who would have been in your shoes. Mm-hmm. got you know, the girl said, "I don't like you anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't, yes. I don't see this going anywhere." And, they and feel that is the end. Within a month, they would have hanged themselves. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who also they start doing research. They get themselves up after yes. like maybe two, three weeks of whining yes. and crying. Mm-hmm. They get themselves up. They get themselves they up. Find out their way. Mm-hmm. And then within three months, they're back to back to base, back to yes. the back to the And yes. it's, it's a blessing. I'm really glad that you yes. were here. It's, it's a huge blessing. And it's got to, go it has even got into a point where, let's say, quote unquote, I can be depressed for, let's say, at, let's say at one o'clock, I was depressed. But then by three o'clock, I'll be back to default. I'll be jumping and be laughing and everything. That is the level that I've got into right now. So I think yeah. it's also a, it's a good skill that everyone should learn. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. I feel like when you said, like, 
I feel like sometimes as well we use the word depression in a different way because one of the things you're yes. saying I feel like I won't say depression like you know when you said um uh, this is there's a scenario that you gave but you gave sometimes the word is become worried like you said that no you said when it's your, your school said you need this this amount of yes uh-huh. uh, yeah. the fear that comes with so yeah. if you know that your school comes and tells you that you need this amount to you know pass pass mm-hmm. to the next level yes it's not, I don't feel like it's, it's not depression that you get what happens is usually it's worried worry okay you get worried yeah. yes there's different sometimes we all like don't really have, that's one thing I think these people in our generation also have as well mm-hmm. you kind of miss miss a name things a bit wrong yes. and that's mm-hmm. sometimes it was, when you know what's wrong you know how to help yourself more so yes. with that something like that it will be worried like you get worried you have a bit of fear mm-hmm. where you're like oh my god so what if I don't make it do yes. I really am I really gonna get kicked out you start to worry, you start to feel anxious and get anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yes. You start to have anxiety where every minute you're thinking about it, you're, you know, you are kind yeah, of just worrying about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's not really depression, but that is a lot more anxiety. Exactly. And anxiety and depression are two different things. Two different things. But yeah. it's when anxiety, anxiety can go from a point where you get so anxious, where <laughs> to a point you're like, you know what? If they're gonna do this to me, then I'm also just not going to school anymore. Yes, and you sit in your room and cry and cry every day because <laughs> now it's like you just your brain has gone to a point it can't function anymore. Yes, like you believed already that you're not gonna pass. <laughs> you're not going to pass. So that's when it, depression comes in because this is then the people they, they don't want to go out, they don't want to go to classes. <laughs> it's their friend has to come and be dragging them, keep crying, and then you know the whole fear thing you're talking about. But yeah, that that that, that the things you said right there is very true. But <laughs> I hope that you know. We all. This is the whole point of you know speaking about these things because I want people to understand mm-hmm. that you know there's different type of people in this world and how everybody handles things. Uh, everybody yes. can be strong and make mm-hmm. make themselves out of things. But then somebody might be listening right now, maybe who's going through the same thing you went through at that time, 2020. Very true. But hopefully they can listen to this and be like, damn, okay, okay, maybe right now I've, I've been crying for the past six months. You know, I don't know what I need to do. But mm-hmm. Sam said that he was watching YouTube videos. He was watching yes. podcasts, reading books. Mm-hmm. Maybe let me also try Googling. Let me let me research some things myself. Yes. Sometimes no one is going to come and help you. Like you said, you lived in a household. Where yes, your parents they didn't care about, they didn't know about depression, nothing. You yeah. are African home, typical African home. They don't really mm-hmm. care about mental health. African schools, African um, homes, It's not like they don't care. It's like they don't know how to, like... Um, like handle it yeah, handle it yes that's it. We do, yeah, they, don't know, they, don't know, they don't know what is going on to be honest they really don't know and i, I don't think it's but just about what's going to happen but they don't know how to <laughs> they don't know what's going on so i don't think that it's just about least. mental health i think it's an african thing generally okay let's say ghana generally so ghana they don't really take mental health serious so another experience a real story that actually it's actually something that happened so with my research, I, I got to a point that I felt that I had ADHD because I couldn't focus for a long time. And I Googled the same things. I was watching videos about symptoms of ADHD. So some reason, I thought that for some reason, I thought, that, oh, I had ADHD. So let me just do something about it. And I went to that Christ Psychiatric Hospital. I didn't have the forms that I filled and everything. Mm-hmm. And I went there. I told them that I wanted to see the doctor. And they were like, what's my problem? And I'm like, oh, ADHD, who is the patient? Like, I brought an ADHD person. And they said, who is that person? And I said, me. And they were like, ah, you have ADHD. And I'm like, yes, I, have a, I, I think I have ADHD. And they said, follow me. They are taking me to where they keep the ADHD people. And they took me to where these people that had schizophrenia, those, quote-unquote, like those chaotic um, mad people. Oh, they yes. understand what's going on. They didn't understand, like, ADHD and stuff. So they just did some two-by-four, and they took me to some counselor. And even the counselor they took me, I was the one <laughs> lecturing the counselor. Educating the counselor. <laughs> yes. And the counselor was like, oh, it's very good I'm actually educating them because it shows that I'm woke, it shows that I'm researching. They didn't even know anything about ADHD, Autism. Like they just know that oh, 
you are mad, you are naked, they brought you to the hospital <laughs> and you are going to treat you. So mental health in Ghana is it's so bad. And people in Ghana, a lot of people have mental health issues. People are always angry yeah. in town. People just see you and they are, they are mad at you. They don't know that it's all mental health, health issues, but then we don't pay attention to it. So that is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you, you hear the all right there. This is why these yeah. kind of conversations and these talks, yes. like, people need to start learning. It's really yes. sad. Very sad how like... That's very, very sad. So I was saying that we should replace. I was saying, <laughs> got to a point that I was talking about how the, not even the government, but then the media should play with this mental health thing instead of playing videos about um, making these reality shows, these shows that doesn't really bring celebrities. Yes. why don't they bring mental health specialists on the shows and talk about mental? Because we are in a country where the youth, young people are struggling with mental health issues. A lot of people unemployment. Look at how the country is heated. People are going through a lot of things. Those cyber bully and stuff. It's not their fault. Most of them have mental health issues. They just come online. They see you doing something and they feel jealous. They feel like you are, you are showing off. Like it's all mental health issues. They come around, insult you. Because I don't see why someone in his right senses would just come online and insult you for no reason. It's all up yeah. from up there. So I think the media should do a very good job. So you're trying to make me hate myself through the internet. Yes, very true. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you very much for that. That's a lot of gems and a lot of life things that yeah. somebody can learn a lot from. Mm-hmm. Smith, back to you. So, yeah. my question about Austin time was when you when did, exactly did you realize like that? Obviously, when you're that age, you probably didn't know you didn't even know what it was going through. And if you did, maybe you did. Let us know. But maybe you didn't. At what age, what point did you, realize, did you look back and be like, wow, so I was going through mental and emotional health issues? This is the reason why I was always upset and so sad and angry at school and you know at home. And after then, from a child, child from childhood and everything, going into like your late teens, like you know mid teens, late teens, and now into like let's say early twenties and stuff. What? How did? How did that transition? Did you carry that along with you all the way through your teens, all the way through you know until maybe you moved outside of out of Ghana, you know? And like, what's some of the things that you did to also help yourself if? You know, tell, tell us, like, yeah, all the way up to now. Give us, like, a little update from then to now. Okay, so I think at the moment I realized I was doing mental issues was probably in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think after that point, I was like, I don't, like, I stopped caring, like, I stopped caring, like, about those kind of things. And that's what made me um, become nonchalant. So, mm-hmm. first, I, before that, I was kind of like, they kind of like, how do I say, the loving person like the person that like is always like you know yes. mm-hmm. yeah then after i realized what, what i was going I was going through and everything right mm-hmm. uh, that was in high school i was probably like you know 15 16 i was like that's that, that would make me um nonchalant and i stopped giving like a damn about so many things and mm-hmm. yeah it continued on and on so it actually affected my attitude towards so many things where um i didn't give like an F about yeah, I think you were an F about so many things and mm-hmm. yeah, it continues. I carried it and it became part of me and yes, yeah. So it's I would I would say it's the part of being nonchalant was a bar fully a bar thing because actually helped me to survive so many things that would have broken me down from like that age because like mm-hmm. as some when his you know his love life went down the drain. Yeah. It's made me, yes. It also changed me. Uh, I won't say that um, I never had a, like, I never like, had such, like, similar situations I had, but, like, it, it didn't affect me after everything. Like, I had multiple times, but, like, it didn't affect me after because, like, I'd already built so much, like, 
like um, shield yes. using like environmental health from the past yes. to build okay. against so the future so like things like that. Coping mechanism. Come again. So become like a coping mechanism. Yes. Yeah, became a coping mechanism. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And that's how I moved and moved on. And like, yeah. Yeah. So I think for I think now I think recently I've kind of like changed in a way kind of like I've come kind of like chopping down this whole non-challenge thing, but like it's still there. And oh yes, and definitely I carried the mental health to the USA. Yeah. And I've got to here and I realized that the people here too, their their mental health is even worse, even though they they you know acknowledge it and they have all these facilities and things over here. Now, it's just it's just a really, really big problem. And whether you have the facilities now or you've had it then, people are still gonna be facing it in huge amounts. Yeah. Yeah. One one part something what up of everything you said I think the part that really stuck stood out was the nonchalant part because I think that's something really important I would like to just dive in a bit more deeper into it, like that's okay with you so yeah, when it comes to mental health right a lot of people go through these things from traumas and you know yes. these things they go through as a child and when they grow up it's, they grow up into like you know their early teens mid teens late teens and they become like very nonchalant some people develop anger issues. Mm-hmm. Some people develop like this thing of like not they're not confident at all within themselves. Very true. They can't even speak in public or they can't even uh-huh. look you in your eye when they're speaking. Some uh-huh. people as well, they don't have to express themselves. People can bully yes. them easily. Yes. It's because of things they've went through in uh-huh. their childhood that has made them into the person they are now. Yes. And like yours was not like me just being not just like not giving a fuck really about uh-huh. anything <laughs> at all. Yeah. And I really just want to dive more deeper into that. Did you have situations where people maybe misunderstood you and just looked at you like you you they're like you just don't care about anything, you don't care about anybody, you care about yourself yeah. only? And how did that affect your relationships growing up? Like being nonchalant, being around friends, maybe going to relationships with girls, talking to girls, even being around your family. How did that affect your relationship? Hmm. I would say um for mine, like I I'll say I would definitely I'll be nice to you, but like I wouldn't like open I wouldn't yeah, come what? You had it at the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't like you know, I wasn't falling in love with yeah. all my with, with all my heart. Like I literally my brain was actually uh, yes, you know, I understand. Yeah, working behind the background, like like every step, every action you take, everywhere you say, you have to like like judge yourself. Should I say this because it might affect me, or it can be used against me, or like you know all those kind of things where it made me it made it difficult for me to like like a girl like yeah. wholeheartedly, like you know how you fall in love, like yeah, deep, yeah, deep, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah you're doing like, you call it um, what's the name? Um, the love Jimmy or whatever. Yes. Yeah, that thing. That thing. I never. I never got to that stage because, like, I always had my brain to, like, you know, logically put me in place so I don't overstep you know, or overdo hard. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's how serious my non-challenge was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So was you able to like form proper like good friendships like where you was able to like show affection to your friends like be there for them if they needed you or was you that friend that's like they can't really come to if, if some like you know there's some friends you have that you know that if you're going through some some emotional stuff you can't go to them because if yes. you go to them they'll make you feel like what like you're stupid like why are you even yes. why are you sad like mm-hmm. because for them they don't they don't pro- they don't process emotion yes people gonna try and process em- your emotions with them. They'll make you feel like you're not doing enough. You're doing too mm-hmm. much. Why are you crying? Maybe they use you. There's, yeah. because, you know, did you ever go through that? Did you lose friends because of that? Or did anyone ever say things okay. like you, you know, stuff like that? Okay, so for me, I'm the friend that will never go to you and tell you my problems or will, <laughs> like, yeah. use Trust I'm always the one that have, have made, whether female or male, I'm always the, the listening person. I'm always, always the person that will come and tell me, all their problems from their love life yeah. to their family, their school life, and what is going on there. They are suffering here, and the girl said this, and the boy said that. So I'm always on the oh, like, oh sorry. So do they like? I'm always the one, but I never go to them like, okay, I'm also facing this love issue. I'm having this family problem, I'm having this financial problem, I'm having all this, this, and this. It's I'm always the other receipt, like you know, yeah. the other patient, and I never. I will never show that I'm dealing with something because in my friend group I'm I'm the funniest person I'm the you know the yes. comic person yes. I'm the joking, I'm the joking person and I always like made jokes and made people laugh mm-hmm. but I wasn't happy inside so I'm that that kind of person yeah. Bro, no, Throughout, like, even yeah. when you come out and say that oh yeah they're going through this or that. Yes, yeah, so even there are times that even if I show this any forms of like you know emotions or any forms or like you know don't think that you're don't think oh this boy is he's joking about it you know yes. so that's how my my you know my young my young that's very there. different because a lot of people yeah. who are nonchalant they're very emotionless yes they don't they don't they don't they, they have no emotions to things like they just look at things like okay it is what it is yeah oh it's funny okay <laughs> that's it a little bit of laughter they stop yeah they, they yeah, don't but mine was the front. Like my funny side was a personality I put in front to so that I don't lose like friends. Sometimes you really understand it a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. So yours was yeah. yours was like a backwards, was like different. It wasn't like the nonchalance that we are very we know of, or like you know people. When you say nonchalance, what comes yeah. to your head? It wasn't really like that. Yeah, was, um, oh, was, so for you, sorry. For you, it was yeah. more of like you learn how to hide your emotions and how to hide your true self of yeah. like things that you thought, maybe things you liked, whatever, whatever was happening to you. So you also, if I'm wrong, correct me, but I feel like I'm right. You also had trust issues. So when you're in friendship groups, you're there for your friends. You're very yes. always there. You are laughing. You're good. Yes, yes, yes. But you will never open up about anything. No one knew what you're going through at home. Nobody knew your whole life story. Nobody knew who yeah. you were, you was you was dating or gonna be. Nobody knew anything about you, but you was like the strong friend. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got it. okay. Okay. That makes sense. And I'm, I'm, I'm in my head right now listening to you. I'm connecting it back to your childhood. Yes. Where you grew up in, in a household where your mother didn't really open up about a lot of things to you. She yeah. kind of was like protecting you a lot, like in a shelf, like trying to protect your emotions, yeah. trying to protect you from maybe, you know, things that maybe she thought that might, might break your heart or might make you feel upset if you found out the truth. So you grew up with like a lot of questions, but it would been like a lot in your head. It was more of in your head because you had a lot of questions. So if you're somebody that you grew up in a place where emotions wasn't really, really like, you know, talked about, um, you was, it was, there was not a lot of like self-expression and, you know, yes. 
being spoken they you validated then your feelings not really knowing how to like you know speak your truth and be mm-hmm. and stand in your 100 percent instead you just mm-hmm. keep the mouth shut about things you internalize everything but yes. you are there for people you know mm-hmm. am i yeah. correct you're okay. correct Okay, that makes sense. That, that this this is crazy because this happens to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and another thing that we forgot to add that one of the main reasons why most people in Africa their mental health are so down bad is because of how they grew up. Most people grew up in an abusive environment, like a lot of people. And if I say abusive, not really physically being abused, but sometimes your emotions are being invalidated. Let's say in African home, they do something to you, try to cry or you try to speak up, and then they shut you down. That. You can't talk to your father this way. Shut up over there. Is that how you understand? So that moment, they are invalidating your emotions. So you feel like my voice cannot be heard. And it's something that I experienced. So it became part of me that I, I had so much low self-esteem. I felt that my voice did not matter. I felt like I'm always worrying people. And it's up to date still. A bit of that shows about me. Where it's like, you don't like complaining. Because when you complain, they will shut you down. After all, that's how your parents brought you up. When they do something and you try to complain, they shut you down. So you carry that trait. You carry that attitude throughout your life where someone is even abusing you and outsiders abusing you you try to speak up and you're like you you know never mind it's okay and you all have that friend where you know you do by mistake you do something to them you tell them oh tell me what did i do then they'll be like oh no it's fine don't worry most of them it's happened because of their childhood in schools when you try to speak up your teacher will be like speak again let me see speak again let me see you understand Mm -hmm. they'll try and shut your voice that they'll stifle your voice that is the word Uh uh-huh so i think most of them most of and most african kids their emotions their mental health issues started from childhood once they grew while they were growing up their parents wasn't listening to them they weren't really paying attention to their emotions they don't care about how you feel of course they don't really care about how you feel whether what i said to my son how does he make him feel let's say i told him that he's very stupid mm-hmm. how would he feel like there's no one in his senses that will feel happy when you tell them they are stupid but then we try to speak up try to voice out and we'll be like shut up you can't talk to your mother that way yeah. and that is where all these mental health issues started yeah it's like mm-hmm. internalizing a lot of things so people yes. and this is why in africa like if you're speaking to a child in Ghana and in Africa as a whole, they yeah. most of them lack a lot of confidence or very, so very like um I, I wouldn't say humble because I feel like the word is not humble. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, 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 I call it fake humility. Yes, <laughs> humbleness because it's not yeah. humbleness. It's, they're just doing it because they feel they're scared of you. They feel like awesome. yes, they're scared of people to do so. They feel like if they don't do it, somebody's gonna shout at them. So Even, let me give you a clear example. They're just yes men, mm-hmm. yes men, yes, yes, sir, yes, my yes, dad. Very That's true. Even if they, they don't want to do something, uh, they won't tell you. They're just mm-hmm. going to do it. Even if they don't want to do it. Because they're scared somebody's going to you know, shout them or tell them, oh, go and do it and you know things like yeah, that. Yeah. So it kind of dims them down and dims like their, their emotional intelligence. Their emotions they, 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 most of them don't have any emotional intelligence. You can speak to an 11-year-old kid in Ghana. It must, you, will, you will realize they lack a lot of emotional intelligence. And you can speak to an 11-year-old kid in the UK, in London, in his primary school, and or you, they just entered into secondary school. And you can speak to them, and you realize that they have a lot more emotional intelligence than the one that lives in Ghana, and they're the same age. Same gender, same age, both maybe Nigerian, Nagarian, but because of where they both they grew up, and how the environment was, and the, the way the school programs are, they one person is more emotionally intelligent or mentally intelligent more than the other. And that's a study I feel like we should definitely need to be done. Because I know I know it's true because I've spoken to kids like that and it's like, nah, there's a difference between the, the mental and emotional things of these kids. But this is why you have these conversations because it's time for us to make a change. Change is needed now because our children can't go through the same things like after us and stuff. And like, you know, what you're saying, like, there are lots of kids do go through um, 
things at home where they grow up, like you're saying, like you grow up in Beaver, nonchalant, they grow up in anger, they grow up with a lot of things. Like for me, I've already told my story, my mental story on this podcast before. And in case anyone hasn't listened to his episode 673, but just to give a little brief of it. I went to my first mental health emotional uh, mental and emotional health when I was 14. And I went through because of my parents because I wanted to do a course that they said no, no, no. <laughs> they weren't happy about it. And that's the th- going back to African household. Everybody wants you to do what they want you to do and not what will make you happy. So you grow up just people pleasing. Pe- a lot of a lot of like Africans and stuff, we are so yes. timid because people please, because that's what we've been taught from the, the house. Especially Ghanaians are very big on that. So they love doing people pleasing. They love that. The Nigerians, I feel like Nigerians have this vim. They have a bit of this vim. Yes. But yeah. Ghanaians, it's very like, be humble, be humble, be, be nice. We say thank you and please with everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a Ghana thing. I realize it's a Ghana thing. But going through that, I did a 14. I, and going through that 14, 15, 16, 17, all the way through. I've, and only, only up to probably like last year, June, that I started to really go through healing. And I was going through healing in different stages. I just had like a little tip of healing. Because I was in a, I remember I was in an Uber driver and I was talking to an Uber driver or something and something, and some, something just clicked in me because he was talking about something. I was like, damn, like, that's such a problem that I have. And I went through a little bit of, you know, realization, a little bit of self-awareness, there, a little bit of healing. And then my healing, proper healing stage went, came this year from like February all the way through to now. And I wouldn't say like, I am 100% okay. I can say that I am, oh, I've gone through a lot of healing and I'm in a really good place. But look at how long I've carried that for like literally 10 years. And imagine those people that have carried it to like 45, 50, 35, like even our parents and so the things they've carried from like their childhood. And you're like, damn, I don't, you're like, what do you think? You're like, I get my mom, my mom is like that now. <laughs> or my dad is like that because they've carried so many different things for the whole point of having these conversations, especially with like you guys that are men, is to shine light more on like mental when it comes to men, mental when it comes to just like you know, just as a whole of like the continent African, like growing back, growing up back home. Even though like you know you guys don't live there when you migrate now to America and stuff like that, the things you went through as a child there in Ghana will stick with you forever. All right. So okay. So guys, um, the next stage now just to end this part off is let's talk about the healing phase now so sam you were telling us about your healing so i mm-hmm. wanted to continue start again yeah. like from your healing everything what okay. are some of the things that you did to make to get better um okay. even other things that's happened since 2020 that or things from yeah. your childhood that you're like you know what these are like other things that i've, I've even i've even realized that i'm also healing from just yes. about like your healing journey and everything as a man exactly all right so first of all you can't get healed in an environment that hurts you. So let's say you live in an abusive environment, you're in an abusive relationship, and you expect healing to happen. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. So for me, I had to leave the environment. That was the reason for my bad mental health, like the hood that I was in, and even the country that I was. Because you wake up and all the news and negativity, people around you are making fun of you. Just so many negativities coming your way. So first of all, leaving Ghana was probably the biggest blessing. And the second thing that led to my healing was, I'm not saying I'm fully or completely healed. I'm probably about 70%. But the next thing that probably healed me was going for therapy. And I remember signing up for better health mm-hmm. therapy and pouring out my heart to this therapist, telling him how I was struggling with so many things, letting things go, forgiving people and stuff. So that was also another mm-hmm. way I was healing. And the third thing that, was heal- that helped my healing was probably mindset. And that is the biggest thing. So mm-hmm. let's say, 
you went through a breakup or someone did something to you and it has affected your mental health. For me, this is how I shifted my mindset from carrying so much pain and carrying so much guilt and carrying so much hurt. That is, there's no use of it. I mean, I was abused years ago, but then it doesn't matter. Like, you are not getting abused again. So why are you still thinking about it? Why are you still worried about it? And mm-hmm. when I even came to the US, I had, so many, I had to go through so many things that was affecting my mental health. And it literally changed me. It's made me more like, I don't really care. Okay, fine. That is how you are. Okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. So I think another thing that helped me was mindset. So people are going to be negative all the time, no matter what. People are not going to like you. They are going to try and be mean to you and stuff. But then your mindset is everything. I have this mindset that not everyone likes me and not everyone matters to me. So if someone gives me a mean look, doesn't talk to me, I'm not going to let it affect my mental health because mm-hmm. I've left that environment that, that I've left the biggest place that I thought I would not have been able to live in the sense that let's say I was stuck in an environment that was affecting my mental health all the time. I felt that I couldn't leave this environment and I've been able to leave that place. How about a place that I can just snap my finger and then you just, you know, it's out of the way. So I think mindset, leaving the environment and also probably therapy has been, has led to my mental health improving. Okay. This is really brilliant. First of all, I love the fact that you're talking about therapy because hearing a black man talk about therapy is very rare. Now it's something that's coming up now, but no. it's not something that is even now still it's very, very hidden, okay. you know. So hearing somebody talk about therapy is really, really good. How did you find was did you find this in Ghana? Yes, I found this in Ghana, but then I couldn't so pay for can therapy you in Ghana. Them or something as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So when I was searching for these online resources, how to help yourself, you know, improve your mental health, I'll be watching videos about 10 ways to improve your mental health. And then I'll just go and download some random worksheets. I don't know, my mental health is still the same. Until I was, there was this video that I was watching where he was a very famous man. He had over 6 million subscribers on YouTube and he broke down in one of his videos and he was crying. He was talking about how he was traumatized, even though he's at this level, but then he still had so much trauma in him, so much pain in him. But then he was currently undergoing therapy and he mentioned the like, better help. I'm like, oh, then let me just sign up for better help. I signed up for better help and I think they gave me one month's free trial. And the free trial they gave me was so incredible. The man who I was assigned to was listening to me. He was literally allowing me to speak like a lot. I was like, this is probably the place I have to be. And then when I came to the US, I signed up for it. Started going to him every week, every week, every week, every week. And then little by little, my healing started. This is really good. I'm really, again, I'm, I'm thank you for mentioning Better. Better helps, helps a lot of people. Very good, yes. Yes. It's very good. And they're everywhere yeah. from Africa to Asia to Canada to, um, to the Europe. Yeah. To you, yes, yeah, wherever yeah. you are, like they're there, <laughs> they're there. So you can just anybody who's listening to this one and thinking, oh, oh, you can research it, tap into Google, it will come up. You can read, you can figure out, you can sign up, and everything. Yes. They will assign you with somebody and stuff like with that. Someone. This is pretty primary for them, but this is worth it because I know that they do, do they, they do do a really good job. So mm-hmm. and depending on what you're going through as well, they will you know basically link you up with somebody who's very good and stuff like that. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing that, um, Sam. That was really, really great. So now I want to speak to you, Smith. So you as well, what are some of the things you've, you've been doing or you've gone through when it comes to healing, things you've done to help yourself, you know, get better um, and be a better version of you so that when, you, you know, things like that, what, what has your healing stage um, journey been like? Okay, my, my first healing stage, you know, my, okay, initially my mental health problems started from growing up in Ghana, so... Living Ghana was one healing, um, you know, first process. And so the Ghanaian 
or African, you know, side of it has like really, really like, you know, probably I think I'm almost healed from that, but like, you know, the damage has also been done yeah. in a way that like it's still, you know, showing itself every now and then, but like, as, like it last life goes on, you have to do the challenges from the past. So it's normal and I feel like I, I should be able to cope with that. So that's so basically that's it for like the African side of it. But getting here to you have to be mentally prepared for so many things in a different country, especially a country that's like, you know, has issues with like, you know, my my group of people when it comes to being a, a black person and being a black man yes. to do one big thing. And um after dropping the baggage of one version of mental health, one version of mental illness, sorry. I have to carry a new one, which has to do with my identity as a black person in the United States. And even after all these years of 100 years of, of over 400 years of oppression and all that, it's still something that is here. And even though I haven't personally experienced any attacks or any forms of indirect, you know, show like signs of, you know, racism or anything. Um, <clears throat> um, sorry. <clears throat> sorry, sorry. It's so. Okay. If, I haven't um, experienced that directly or indirectly. It's still at the back of my mind because I've seen so many videos and I've seen all those kind of things happen. And um, it's still bothers like me, like even going out every day to work, to out and, you know, you have all these white friends, but like it's still in your mind. Like it's still like something that is tainted in your mind. Yeah. So that's one version of it. And also... Um, I would say being an adult, you know, in a country like this, I feel like in Ghana, being an adult in Ghana is less stressful than being an adult in the United States, honestly. Here is very, 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 like, so much, like, I don't know how to say it, but, like, there's so much pressure on adults here. Even at a certain age, you already become an adult by, like, age 13, 14, but by like 15 and a half, you are putting on adult clothes. I mean, adult responsibility to adult clothes to take off certain, you know, the, like pressures of society. And that's how I feel like um, just there's so much that can we can help Ghanaians or African kids to avoid because there's that particular stress isn't in our continent. But like, if we t- tackle the other side of it, the African, you know, mentality side of you. Know, dealing with humility and respect and and those kind of things. If you're able to tackle that particular issue, right, African kids will be one of the most powerful kids in the world because what what these kids, you know, start up with over here, right, is also a a serious issue here, which a lot of them won't won't, acknowledge it in this country that it's an issue, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's showing it's showing that the signs are showing and it's a plague over here and it, it comes down to so many things that I feel, I feel like kids shouldn't be getting involved in or shouldn't be put like in those kind of positions but like in this country the freedom or their rights and, and things like that allows them to you know have access and to also be able to do all those things without any form of guilt and anything so um, yeah. So I'll say that yeah, the adult. So that what that's what makes them the kind of adults they are today, which also affects their mental health. But like I mean, every country, every race has their 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 pros and cons and their good sides and bad side. But I'll say um, I'll say that I'm in like in a bad position right now because like mentally, because growing up was in Africa, half of my childhood, 
and I felt like being an adult in, in Africa would have been less traumatizing because like I would know how to do it everything I've been to as a child okay but then I moved to the United States as, a, as an adult and now I have to deal with United States adults mental illness you get it so dropping the, the childhood baggage and picking up another baggage as a black man, as a black adult in the United States also another issue. You get it. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's something that I don't know how that how you solve those kind of things, but like mm-hmm. and it's life and life um mm-hmm. brings you shows you things you you have to you know, overcome and you that this that's where um your spiritual life comes in because like if you do not have a strong spiritual life and you can't you would you just fumble and like you know fall into so many you know but um, yeah yeah so i definitely like, do i definitely do 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 believe like spirituality goes hand in hand in healing and within like you know mental and emotional health it doesn't go i won't say hand in hand but if you are somebody who is like you know very connected to whether you believe in god whether you believe in that you believe that works for you um for me and i believe for all of us is god <laughs> so yes. for for people like us who are like christians and like god and stuff i believe in praise i do believe in meditation as well it's really really important because for me when i go through stages and stage even today has been one of those days where i've just been really not with it like really not with it but like yesterday night as well i slept this before even 10 o'clock 10 p.m i slept at like 9 30 because i was just like not with it but what i did was i turned off the tv and my whole room was was dark and all i did was pray and meditate and after i just slept i woke up feeling much better the day didn't go that well either but you know i pray and i'm and i meditate throughout the day so like it keeps me going doesn't make me break down or anything so it definitely so when you say like you know spirituality is important that it definitely is because i can testify to that myself yeah yeah Definitely being able to surrender something that you can't control anymore to a higher power, knowing that it's taken care of, it's it's something that no one can explain. But if you know what we're talking about, you know that's what we're talking about. It does give you some kind of like a ah, moment, like you can just like let go of it for a minute, you know. And the yeah. part that you also said, um, have been an adult is, is like leaving your childhood trauma also now picking an adulthood, like that adulthood is a scam, adulthood problem. <laughs> I feel like and this is the reason why um i say that healing is something that you never stop i don't believe anybody who tells me i have completely healed i am all healed i am better and better and that is all i am for the rest of my life they're lying they don't understand what healing is because when you really go into real healing you understand that it never stops and we're not supposed to spend all of our lives healing because in life you go through things that's gonna hurt you're gonna go through things that's gonna make you happy you go through something that's gonna make you cry it's happy cry of sad cry you go through different situations that will give you character development that isn't always gonna be nice people will say things to you people are not always gonna like you people are gonna have, some people are gonna have, you know criticize you things will happen that might have a really harsh blow on your personality on your character on who you are and how you see yourself but all those things are part of like you know what how life goes 
So you have things happen, you know, that sometimes will shake you up and make you. Sometimes people can be fifty and have and have a, a whole crisis. They will lose themselves at the age of fifty. They wouldn't know who they are anymore. They'll go through so much. I think that's it. And then, then after they go through this kind of like rebirth again, or something completely different, and they find themselves again in a different light. So that again, they've gone through another stage of healing at the age of fifty, going through a different situation. So I definitely understand it when you say you know pick up, leave this and pick this up, but one of the things that I definitely do feel is very, very important is for us to heal our inner child. With our inner child, is like the should, it, our inner child is what we've grown up to be now. So even you have the anger management, either you're not very confident, either you are confident, either you know you're strong minded, either you're weak minded, either you're easily places. However, you are now as, as in your early twenties, mid twenties, is how is 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 because of the things that you that you went through as a child, your environment, things people said to you, and how you grew up. So when you were able to heal that inner child of you, like before you, you know, you're able to heal it, like, you know, now, like within these early stages where we do, we do have the time to do stuff like that, to really pour into ourselves. You're not married, you don't have children, you know, you know, you can really kind of like also take time and pour more into yourself. It's the best time to like, you know, heal that child the best way you can. And when you start early, by some of you are 50, 35, you've healed so much of that child. Whereas like, you know, it's just, is a lot of the work has been done. So now when new things come that, you know, will create a lot of problems for you, it's not going to be as heavy as, you know, carrying old trauma plus carrying new trauma. Now at least you've solved the old traumas. You've healed from them. You understand them. You're better. So now when the new traumas come and the new, you know, problems come, you're able to just focus on that and just deal with that on its own. Which, you know, makes the baggage a little lighter, which is better. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with what I'm saying or do you feel like, oh, no? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's the thing. But I do hope, you know, like you said, I feel like everybody, a lot of people can, can relate to everything that you said. Let's dive straight into these topics, right? So, I want to start with you, Sam, this time. I, started with, um, 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 I want to start with you, Smith, this time, right? Yes. So, I want to talk about mental health when it comes to men and fathers. I know that's something that you're very passionate about, something that you really, like, you know, want to dive into. I want to give you the floor. When it comes to fatherhood, like, what is it about fatherhood that makes you um, very passionate to talk about something like that? Fatherhood, mm-hmm. mental health. Um, why is it so important to you to speak about that? Okay, so um, as a man, um, I'm not a father yet, but like, um, I've seen how like you know fathers like putting I mean father figures or fathers here putting like so much effort around to to lead a family to like you know be the breadwinner to you know to protect and be like you know the leader of the home, right? And it's kind of like they they have to endure so much and you know express so little. And it shows in so many things, and um, society doesn't really, um, our modern society doesn't really um, show a lot of attention to that, that side of like men or fathers. And it, even if I want to paint a perfect picture, when it comes to um, men, like men associated, associated like holidays or like events to women, like things like the amount of effort that is placed into. Think, things of women, yes. I mean, uh, women programs or women holidays or something like that. For example, Mother's Day, Mother's Father's Day, Day mm-hmm. um, you know, men's mental health, women's mental health. Like, you know, when it comes to like things mm-hmm. of women are more like, you know, a lot of, a lot of attention and effort is yes. put into it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to uh, 
let's say we have I want to take health for some example. We have so many illnesses and sicknesses that affect men, right? They're like basically just for men. And we also have the ones that affect mainly women. But we have like months and weeks dedicated to, you know, the women programs and barely the men. Like yeah, breast cancer awareness and stuff. Yeah, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like... Yes, I know, I know. Um, on this planet, we have both male and female. And I feel like um, the male side of... The male problems are not really being like you know worked on, yeah, addressed and worked on, and it shows in even the basic things like you know fathers, their mothers, they wear like when it's mothers, they they kind of there's there's so much work on that, like there's so much love, so much content, so much events, so many events, so many things happening for mothers, there's so many love, but when it comes to fathers, they like it's not a global, it's, it feels like it's not a global thing, like it's just a day that passes by, yes. and. I mean, like, that's even a general thing. And when it comes to also the, the specific things, like, you know, a man's bed, their father's bed, is something that is not really taken, you know, with, like, a lot of, like, you know, I pay a lot of attention to even in, in homes and, in you know, every other gathering or anything. And I feel like those kind of those little things affect, um, you know, the men and the fathers, but, like, they don't really express it, but it's something that, it could some little for effort to be put into it, but like as far as I know, it doesn't work like that. And um, yeah, it's it's difficult for them to speak up because like it, no one's going to be like, oh, you, yeah, man, you can handle it. Like yeah, like, like there's that tree, that tree saying that bear may so something like that. Yes, men don't cry, and it's something that every, every boy growing up carries that mindset and you have to be strong. Yeah, it's normal. It's masculinity, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we have to be that version, but like, we're also humans. You get it. Fathers mm-hmm. are also human. If every other, every societal norm expects a man to be do this, be this, even when it comes to marriage and yeah. the Africans, then the definitely the man has married a woman, okay? And that's, and that's fine. And by the kind of like stress and pressure, the Place on a man to yeah. marry a woman in Africa is so much. The mm-hmm. things you have to do for it's gotten to a point. I guess I just start to feel like um, maybe it's, it's not even worth it, like getting married to like an African woman anymore. Because like it's kind of like you're buying her off from her family. Mm-hmm. You get a list list of things. Like I just like I like your daughter. Your daughter likes me. Yes. You know, yeah, it's it's nice, but like it gets to a point where. You have they have, you they submit a list for you to those bad price things. Me, right, right, right. it always feels like you are buying off the woman from the family, and yeah. it's yeah. I, my heart doesn't. I don't care how many years you've been doing, how many generations you've been doing it. It's that tradition just never sits well with me, and yeah. it's something that I, I feel like. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I feel like every African elderly can will come after me after saying this, but like, yeah. and every other married. African person or couple say that you don't know what you're saying this, 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 but to me, there's no reason why you love someone and you have to um, go through the pressure to buy and pay for things to the, the woman's family to be, to be able to get the woman. Like, if you do not buy those things, there's no way you're that marriage. Yes. That way. It's not common. It's not common. And it's so sad like that happens, but like, it's, an, it's a societal norm and things that everyone in Africa has to go through, but like, that's just one side of it. And it's, it's general, but like I've spoken about, you know, 
the event side of it when it comes to celebrating the men, you know, talking about the health, I just spoke about the marriage. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to so many other things of appreciation to like fathers. Even the, people, the only time I'll feel like you know, fathers are appreciated is when they provide, especially money mm-hmm. for our bills for the household mm-hmm. or support family members. That's when, oh yeah, he's the, he's, he's the guy, yeah, he's the, man, he's the man of the That's family. He's a busapini because yes. when they ask for five thousand Ghana cities for funeral, this one gives ten thousand. Mm-hmm. When the their cousins, their cousins, aunties, brothers, sisters, nephew is needs money for high school, mm-hmm. he's the one to pay for it. You know, those kind of things. So it's like those that's basically a time like a man is appreciated because he's he's able to make a lot of money, he's able to give that money to other to the other relatives and you know, couple I mean the other partner, the partner and all those kind of things. And that and that really like affects fathers and yeah, and men, yeah. That's what I can I say. I definitely hear that, bro. I definitely hear that. That was a, a whole lot in there, which I think is like is a lot. And I feel like men do for their listeners and be like, Yeah, speak it, brother. Speak mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Very true. I definitely understand, yeah. And I always do feel like when it comes to men, there's are a lot of pressure. A lot of you know you are the first. God, the one that you yes. like God created you first for a reason. You're mm-hmm. Adam, <laughs> you know, and the woman came from you. So everything, if a woman can do this, you shouldn't be doing it. You should be here doing this instead and things like that. And it's like men are not allowed to cry. Men are not mm-hmm. allowed to you know be down. Men are not allowed to you know ask some certain questions. It's like just take it mm-hmm. up the chin and keep it moving. And for me, I've never ever subscribed to those kind of um, traditions and cultural thinking and ways and programs i have two little brothers right and one thing mm-hmm. i raised them up with is cry when you want to and when you <laughs> cry anytime i mean they don't even give you tissues cry on my shoulders if you need it and i was told that i don't let anybody ever feel, make you feel like because you have emotions you're able to express them you're able to speak about them that means that you are weak that's one thing they love to do if you're a man and you're emotional that means you're weak no they're humans too and mm-hmm. i have my brother He's 19, right? And he's a very emotional person. Like, he is very expressive. Yes. He understands his emotions. He's very self-aware. He's he's a very manly man. Very man. He's very, he's he's six for five. You mm-hmm. see him, he looks like a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. But he understands emotions. He understands being self-aware, asking yourself questions, not allowing anybody to just treat you anyhow. He understands things that only you only teach women. Mm-hmm. You only love to teach women. Oh, know your self-worth. But yeah. they don't teach men that. It's even like men are just put to the background. I've taught him yeah. all those things and he walks with that. And I feel like even in the household, I always tell him, like, make sure you learn, you learn how to cook. Make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, you're doing certain things. Like, don't just feel like... Because I think another part of, like, men as well is when it comes to the household in Africa, they make men look like they're dumb. Like, they don't have to cook, they don't have, yeah. to, they don't have to do anything. They just sit there, that's it. It's like, no, men can do so many different things. And it's like, if you box them into this one one shoe, like, this one box, this is actually what they're going to... This is the only shoe that you should be wearing for the rest of their life. But if you show them that, no, you can have different varieties of different shoes and you can decide which ones you want to put on. Some days you might want to maybe be in the kitchen to cook. Some days you're like, you know what? No, I don't want to cook today. I'll let my wife cook today. But I want to be the 100% the provider and the protector today. Today, no, I want my wife to, you know, pamper me a little bit. I want her to take me to spa. Me too, I deserve a massage, you know? (laughs) Those things, you're allowed to, like, you know, be the different size of men. It's like, it's not just one. We're just being hard and aggressive and that's it, manly. And I'm very glad that you're having these conversations and you spoke about all these different things, but I 100% agree with you, 110%. 
And I do hope that at some point that I we all live to see a world where men are able to be these kind of things. They're not judged. Yeah. The one thing I realized is that men can do that, or even on TikTok, when men talk a little bit about their emotions, people are judging them in the comments. Yes. Oh, you're not manly. Oh, this yeah, was 1950s, you'd be going to the like war. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? But we're not living in 1950s. He's in 2023. What do you mean he was 1950s? He'd be in war. Because he wasn't, he can, like, doesn't make any sense. Allow the person to be free to speak their mind. Like, I saw a guy who takes care of himself very well. He was doing, like, a whole, you know, self, like, a Sunday reset. He did, he does his own trim. He does yes. a, face, a facial. I think he, he did some other, some other thing as well he was doing on his face and stuff. But just, like, he takes off his something. nails, his face, yeah. his body. And they were like, this is so feminine. <laughs> yeah. Like, Not what true. do you mean? So you don't want your man to take care of himself, to be looking raggedy. Uh-huh. I'm sure you and don't. So what, what exactly do you want yeah. from these men? For them to be looking right or you want them to look well kept? What because yeah. like, if when a man yeah. is looking rough and he's not even got a trim and his skin is bad, you guys yeah. say he doesn't take care of himself. I don't want a man that doesn't take care of himself. Yeah. But when they are, you're saying that he's too feminine. Who uh-huh. told you self care is only for women? So all these kind of things, like yeah, you said a whole. I agree with hundred <laughs> percent. And I just hope that we live up to a world where people can actually be like that and be free and not have to be yeah. judged and thinking about yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And also, when it comes to um, I mean, not even just men, but boys, right? Mm-hmm. Or where like I've seen so many posts and so many content on the internet where there's this situation where a a a, a boy hits a girl, or there's mm-hmm. some form of like, physical abuse between a man and a woman, and all the comment sections are you need to train the um train the the boys need to be trained properly or like. Like to know when to know not to hit a woman and all those things, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't say the same for the women that provoke yeah. some men or men that have like mm-hmm. that do not have like self control because everyone struggles with so many things, right? And mm-hmm. every man or father can train their male child don't hit a girl. It's in their mindset. It's in their minds, right? Mm-hmm. But you can tell a, a, a little boy not to do that. But as he grows mm-hmm. up, he faces different life challenges. And where if he hasn't mastered self-control and he gets into a situation and over an altercation where a lady or woman is physically abusing him mm-hmm. or emotionally abusing or verbally abusing him, mm-hmm. and his last resort is to physically abuse back, right? Some some men will not abuse back even after all that, they'll just walk away. Mm-hmm. But there's some men that have no master self-control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to that, whether they've been told not to hit a one or not, they'll hit you back. And <laughs> and when they hit you back, and you and then then the woman becomes the victim, and it goes online. And then the boy or the man is the bad person in this situation. Yeah. Because they didn't hear the guy's side of the story. Even though mm-hmm. yes, men are supposed to hit women, but women are also not supposed to abuse men. It's supposed yeah. to go, places, but you you barely find women in comment sections. Same books is supposed to go both ways, you know. Mm-hmm. It's always train your train your boys. Boys are this. Boys are that. This, 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 this. You know. And yeah, I definitely. One thing I ask my brother all the time is, yeah, yeah one thing Sorry, when Newton's tell law, it's the um, equal um, action reaction that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is the same thing that happens in like you know, in these situations like that, yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely. Because one thing I always tell my brother is, don't ever put your hands on a woman. Yeah. Because if you put your hands on a woman, she, you will kill her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will. I, I told him, like, you will. Mm-hmm. No matter how much women, you know, we we are very strong, we can be very strong, women yeah. train and everything. I was like, you will kill her. 
if you really put your full force into hitting a woman and you end yes. up in trouble, no matter what she tells you, no matter what comes out, nothing, don't ever put your hands on a woman. But you can call me, I'll come and do it for you. I'm a woman, so me, I'll fight them for you. I'll do them for you. Yeah, because in this world that we live in, you have to train your boys to understand that this world yeah. we live in, no matter, like you said right now, no matter how the bad that it wasn't his fault it was the woman's fault they will always bring it back to oh, you are a man though yeah. but you are the man yeah. and it's sad because there's a lot of women who also take advantage of that and yes. they abuse their boyfriends abuse their husbands abuse their sons abuse their friends like their brothers like cousins so as soon as the person turns around on them oh you are a bad guy oh you don't have any self-control oh you need to go to jail how can you oh you are you are you are the biggest villain in the world. And of course, yeah, the society is making it look like the women do not have like the the same brains to also process exactly. that information. Exactly. Like yes. you know what you're yeah. doing. How right. we put yourself in that situation where and even- uh, a woman is a victim in every every situation like that, but she also has a, the same brain as the man but- to know not to hit the man in the but- first place before the man. Let me cut, cut in this part. Even when it comes to you know using choice of words when. A guy says to a lady that, oh, you've become fat. They'll be like, oh, you're body shaming her. But then if a girl is to tell a guy the same thing, they'll be like, oh, she's being honest. Oh, that, that is true. The guy is actually fat. You understand? Yeah. It's also fat. I, mean, I think women have um, generated terms and words for like situations to fit and mm-hmm. to protect your mental health in a way that affects men badly. Yes. Yes. And if a man says or does about a woman, there's a term for it, which is, yes. which is yes. always a problem, you know? And I feel like it's not right because, like, men and women, we have the same thing. If we have fat men, we have fat women. That is fine. Like, if it's unhealthy, then that's a problem. But if it's not unhealthy, then it's fine. But, like, when you say it, when you describe it, when a man describes that situation to a woman, she's offended. But when yes. a woman describes to a man, he shouldn't get offended. He, that, men, men will not get offended, like, by those It's a double standard. It's a double standard, and mm-hmm. men are really affected by double standard because our physique and our bodies like kind of like doesn't affect us more like how women pay attention to that. So when it comes to every other thing with women, when it comes to you know, probably um, surgeries to make themselves look better, mm-hmm. makeups and hairdos and like you know adding all forms of extensions and everything to make you know a woman, a woman look you know um, really really good, right? Yes, we don't have that so much pressure in our society as men to you know go and add all those things to make ourselves look good so yeah. i think it's a double standard it's also some huge insecurity on the women's side when it comes to their body and mm-hmm. trying to find different terms to you know to safeguard their minds from you know things that men will say to hit them yeah mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. definitely agree on everything you said bro because whew, the world that we live in all right, so Sam, I want to um, come to you now. And I know that for you, something that you're really, really like passionate about, you want to speak about, mm-hmm. is men having this fear of opening up. And I think we, we, we yes. Smith hit a bit on that as yes. well. Mm-hmm. But men having this fear of opening up and how uh, much like expectations are usually on men mm-hmm. yes. and stuff. So dive more into that. And why is it passionate about them? The things that you feel like you want people to hear okay. and people to know. All right, so recently Smith sent me a post about a screenshot of a lady who was, I think she was telling the friends that this guy is always complaining to me. Like, he's always telling me that he's going through this. Smith, do you remember that tweet? Yes, like, yeah, I remember. And we were like, you'll be there thinking that you found your person. Oh, I- I'm telling my girlfriend that life is this and life is that. But then 
she or the other end feels that you are being weak. She feels that, oh, you are not being a man or something. You understand? And that has generated so much fears in us. I said it earlier on that we as men, when we open out to our friends, they don't really take us serious because, of course, boys, boys, you're like, hey, so, stop fooling, you know, those things. But then when you have a girlfriend or you have someone you like mm-hmm. so much and you're like, I'm opening up to my girlfriend, you're like, oh, babe, this is what is happening to me. You need someone that you can actually talk to. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be like, your girlfriend should be the only one coming to you with their problems, you know, and she got stressed at work and you just be, oh, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. It should be, they should get to a point where the man can also have that freedom to, you know, express herself to the, the woman when mm-hmm. he knows that he's not going to be judged because most women are doing little like you open up to her she's like you're always complaining but they don't know that women complain more than men mm-hmm, when we guy, do. <laughs> yes when you're going you open up oh my academics are no good i'm not making more money he, she's going to see you to be a very weak person she's not going to see that oh then what do you think you can do it's just a few people that could be like oh okay what can we do about it okay would mm-hmm. you think the rest will be like ah, you have to you're always complaining ah, you, are, you have to be a man and personally mm-hmm. when i started the personal development and this self-development stuff. I watch videos about how to be a man. Genuinely, I would go on YouTube, search how to be a masculine man. You know how all this masculinity mm-hmm. came about? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the things that they said was, as a man, you should never open up to a woman. And it's something that I believed because mm. the kind of gener- the kind, this kind of generation, the women that we have, most of them see men who open up as weak. Most of them. Mm. And that is the misconception out there. So the first reason, that, as a man, don't open up to a woman. Never tell your woman that you have a problem because she's going to lose the respect for you. And also, as a man, you should be able to be strong. And it's something that we don't really see. Our parents, even our parents, them, I don't know, for me, I've never seen my dad opening up to the mom. If he's going through something, he prefers to be quiet and, you know, keep it to mm-hmm. himself rather than... I love, I love our ha- African houses. Like, the yes. front, you see your dad just sitting in the corner quiet. Mm-hmm. Yes, chilling and, you know, planning about how you're yes. going to go about it. But when it's the mother, everyone in the house knows about it. Oh, yeah. Yes, everyone in the house. So, I think that is it out there. They've made men feel like it's you are, you are, so, you are supposed to be strong alone, like, naturally. And mm-hmm. it's a very bad thing. It affects us mentally. There's a case that you don't even have let's say you don't have no friends that you can literally cry on because they're going to laugh at you and stuff you go to me man they are judging you ah come on man up here man stop crying but then it's your emotions you can't lie to nature you can't lie to nature naturally yeah. you feel like crying but you are suppressing it you you are for you can't force something you can't suppress something that is natural it's like you feel like sleeping but you are trying so hard to be awake you understand and it's affecting mm-hmm. us so much like mentally i've gotten to a point where to even get someone to open up to back then I was, mm-hmm. I was like, I'll be going through my contacts, scrolling. Who can I talk to? Like, I, I need someone to talk to. Like, oh, I'm down. Like, can I talk to? But like, you can't talk to anyone. You talk to a woman, she's like, oh, calm down. You're going to be fine. And then she loses the respect she has for you because you're supposed to be quote unquote a masculine man. You're supposed to be strong. And according to them, back in the days, according to these uh, masculinity people on YouTube and stuff, they are like, back in the days, during the caveman days, do you think that the men, the hunters out there, they go and hunt and they don't get meat? They come and come and complain to their wife. No, mm-hmm. it is always the women that come back home and maybe they got hurt and they'll come and cry to their husband and stuff. So that is how men are supposed to be. But I don't know who brought about those, but personally, I don't think it should be that case. Where Yeah, because ma- I'm sorry, but we're, we're in 2023. What are you talking about? Yes, men should have that freedom to open up, like, feel free and cry. And even with the celebrities, it happens even to celebrities. When, yeah. they come on, when they come on shows or when they make videos, when people are accusing them and they are crying about it, we are like, ah, but you part the way you see. But then if it's a woman, oh, you're so cute. Oh, my, oh, oh my God, take the time. Everything. People are going mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. like, It's like they've made it be like only women should be vulnerable, not men. Men, we don't have problems. Men, yeah. men are always supposed to be quiet. Like that is why most people enter into addictive stuff. Like men, mm-hmm. they start smoking, they start drinking and stuff because they just want to get the pain off them. They don't have anyone to open up to because society doesn't really care about you. And no matter mm-hmm. what society will listen to the female side. I, when I came to America, all I hear about is 
don't hate a woman. Not that we don't naturally. I, I, I will never hate a woman because mm-hmm. I just feel like quote, not a weak person, but I just see them to be the weaker version of us. So mm-hmm. if you hate her, it's not going to help. So when it came to America, oh, the only thing is that here you hear is that when you, uh, when you don't pay child support, you are going to jail. When you hit a woman, you are going to jail. I, I barely hear like rules about men that let's say if you insult a man or like, you tell a man this, you are, I don't hear any rules about men. Even in America, I don't hear any rules that mm-hmm. in America, when you do this to a man, you are going here. I don't hear, but men are always be on the receiving end of abuse. Most men. Yeah, most men are a lot of men get abused, get assaulted, get, um, even when the you get trauma, raped. There's men the, who get raped as well. Yes. And the they can't talk about it. With, the emotional trauma that comes with, you know, telling a man that he's not your type alone is very painful. But then when you tell yeah. a woman that she's not your type, the way she'll rain insult at you, tell a woman yeah. that, oh, come on, you're not my type. Hey, do you know me? Do you know me? Do you know the number of guys that was? But you tell a man this mm-hmm. thing, and the time that he go, you go and work on yourself, you should go, you mm-hmm. forget. There are plenty of issues in this. All these things are hurting you. The emotions, yeah. men, the men in our generation, the reason why most of them are weak is because they've, they've been trained to be so. In our mm-hmm. parents' home, when you're abused, you can't talk. So when you're being abused in public, when you, someone is, um, you know, bullying you. When I came to America, I experienced a bit of bullying. And I couldn't speak up for myself because mm-hmm. of how I grew up, the background that I came out for. Oh, mm-hmm. someone hates you. Oh, leave him. Don't mind him. Oh, someone hates you. Shut up. Don't talk to him. Don't talk back at him. But when I came here and I was experienced, even not even bullying like physically, when they were making fun of me over here, I was so scared to speak up like, e. it's like, I felt like I'm still in Ghana. Like, I still had that trait. So mm-hmm. I came... So some few days I journal out. I'm like, no, this is a new different country, it's a different country altogether. The fact that he had the confidence to speak at me, I'm also able to speak back at him. I'm yeah. like, hey, I've achieved this. I've, I've I've said all these things to myself. So when they started bullying, when they start all those, I rose up. I remember that day when I actually spoke up for myself. When like fully, I've never spoken up for myself in my life. I'm always like, mm-hmm. yes, okay, sure, okay, fine. Oh, okay, no problem. All right, sure. I'm always like that. But I go to the point that. I was like, enough is enough. Like, I'm always at the receiving end. I'm always people-pleasing mm-hmm. because I've been trained to be that way. So when I started speaking up for myself, I'm like, life can be this simple and this sweet when mm-hmm. you don't, first of all, you don't care about being like, I'm reading a book about unstoppable confidence and it talks about crushing the fear of being disliked, like mm-hmm. having the courage to be disliked. And it all starts from these things. Men mm-hmm. are scared to don't be like, that's why they always try to please women by giving them money, by you no know, sharing, because they are scared that, oh, when I don't give them money, another person is giving them money, so, oh, mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to work harder than, you understand? So all these things mm-hmm. take toll of mental, men's mental health, and it's, it's very tragic, very, very mm-hmm. tragic. And the, the Red Pro community always talking about men, this, men, uh, I don't believe in them. First, I used to believe in them that, as a man, you're supposed to do this. As a man, you're supposed to do that. Blah, blah, blah. No, there's but, no blueprint. No, there's no blueprint. How I mean. you you see yourself, the things mm-hmm. you want for yourself, your goals and your aspirations, yes. the kind of man that you want to be, either somebody mm-hmm. agrees with it or somebody doesn't agree with it. it, it, it as long as you are happy, you're content within yourself mm-hmm. and within where you're going within your life and how you are yes. the person, that's all I feel like matters. Even, even Jesus Christ worked. He cried. Even Jesus Christ Yeah, cried. exactly. Like, <laughs> He's that a man. It's very good though. It's like it's very, it's it's very natural. Really stress. Mm-hmm. It's really Jesus Christ did not cry. He wept. Weeping be, be deeper than crying. It, yeah, even deeper. Yeah, it's even deeper. <laughs> yes. So it's not that as men we break down so many times, so many times. Um, yes. to bring it back, what is what is it called? Because I want us to come to. We're coming towards the end of the episode, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want us to speak about something we can put into place. So, something like for Smith. For the fatherhood, toxic masculinity, and everything that you know we spoke about on your side, um, what are some of the things that you like? Let's say mention two to three things. Keep it very brief. That you feel like okay, these are things that we can actually all have to take part in. That can actually help us. Even for women, like you know, as a woman, you know, these are things you can help. Like you can do. 
maybe as a whole, as a country, you know, in Africa and in Ghana, these are things the country we need to do, or even as a man, these are things maybe you need to look at more. That can really just like help when it comes to mental and emotional help when it comes to in men, as well as make like the whole world like just a better place for like every, each gender's mental health as well. So this question, um, I can't say I can give uh, a definite solution yeah. or a definite answer, but like what I would say is one, um, we should stop attending both to men and women. And for yes. side, our, the hypocrisy is a lot when it comes to the women's side. And um, honestly, it's really, really like hard to like to like get uh, women to understand certain things because I feel like they do, but they kind of like pretend not to accept, pretend not to accept it, so that it doesn't affect them too. And it's something that I always say to the other girls: uh, um, you guys, you girls, kind of like um, have a hard time accepting the truth and taking in honesty. So you have to fall into the pretense of not understanding what is going on, so you don't have to face the hard truth. And that's one thing. When we stop pretending that this is this isn't going on like or this is going on we might have it we might be able to move a step forward and to the men um i understand that the baggage you've been carrying all this time or society has dropped on us to like you know to hold our feelings and all those kind of things here to um i'm not going to say you should drop you should drop that idea of it but like it's going to take a while for you to like mentally switch but like what that what i can say is after you switch you need to really have some serious discernment to know which woman is, you know, honestly there for you to listen to you and not have that mindset of pretending that, oh, I will listen to your problems as, as you listen to my all this time. I'll do the same. But, like, is she mm-hmm. pretending to do it or she's doing it because she wants you around and after that, yeah. hey, she forget about you, what you just said, you know. And mm-hmm. so, so that's what I can see. And moving forward, it's these kind of things are serious mind like it's a general mind hive. You, you just can't wipe it over the face of the earth. Definitely, mm-hmm. it's going to continue for the next hundred yeah, years. Definitely, will always be there. I, I urge everyone, every individual person, to have a mindset of like trying not to pretend and also trying to be a genuine, to be genuine at heart when it comes to mm-hmm. things like this. Because every day you wake up, you have to be intentional about your thoughts and your actions towards the the other gender, whether male to female, female to male. That's what I can say. Yeah. Mm. Thank you very much. That's 100% spot on. I agree with that. Especially the pretending part. Oh, love people love to pretend. Oh, boy. <laughs> the internet. It's, <laughs> the it's serious. The way people pretend on the internet is too bad. Yeah. Okay, so, Sam, same question for you. Talking about everything, you know, we spoke about you sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Um, You talking about, just not about... um men fearing you know obviously like you speak about mental health and really pour themselves out and even some of the things you also you went through and everything coming out of that what is something that you know you feel like okay these are things that we definitely need to work on when it comes to so we can get that fear out of men these are things maybe women we also need to also stop doing you know these are also like even as a community so things that maybe as black people we need to stop doing just mm-hmm. to create that safe space for everybody so like you know we yes. can all grow when it comes to mental and mm-hmm. emotional health and wellness yes I, I think first of all we all have to understand that we are the same we all have the same mm-hmm. emotions the same that's why i like the scripture so much 
um this scripture in the Bible it says love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. What you would not want someone to do to you, don't do it to the other person. So if you would not want me to call you fat, don't call the other person fat or don't call me fat. I love that scripture mm-hmm. so much because it's like we, we all have the same emotions. There shouldn't be a situation where you feel like just because I'm a female and he's a male, so when I tell him this, he's supposed to endure it, but then he's not supposed to tell me this. You suppose like as a man, you see stuff like you know, there's this trend on Twitter where they are like as my boyfriend, you're supposed to have this kind of car. Supposed, but then you ask yourself, what is the female providing? And there's mm-hmm. like, there's nothing to say. You don't really know what she's supposed to provide. But then the men are expected to provide this, to show this, to show that he's, amb- he's ambitious, to show that he's caring. Show, but then the women are just on the receiving end. So first of all, mm-hmm. I want people to understand that we are all the same. We all have emotions. As men, most men are even probably very, very emotional than women. Because there are certain women that I know, I have female friends where... They don't really care about stuff. They are not really emotional. Like things that I would care so much about, they don't really care about. But then I care about it. So personally, I think most some even women don't even care about certain things. But we men do care about stuff, certain stuff. Like let's say you don't like someone, you are rejecting his proposal. You tell him that he's not your level, or you tell him that he, um, you found someone better than him, and you expect him to endure this pain like for forever. But it's not going to be possible. So we have to understand that we are all the same. We have to treat each other equal, love one another, and respect each other. So I think that's one thing that I want everyone to understand. Thank you very much for that. And I definitely love the way you put that as well. Yes. As well. This is very, very important. And again, I hope that, you know, all the conversations that we've had, that people, the whole point of this conversation is to shine light on mental and emotional when it comes to men. Let men get comfortable with sharing their story. Because I feel like, again, like, you know, we spoke about men can't really speak up. They can't really be vulnerable or even tell their story or tell where they are right now, where they've been or where they're going because of judgment. But yes. I'm just very, very um, pleased and very, very happy that you guys had the courage to do this entire story from where, you, where you're coming from, mm-hmm. where you are now. Um, I feel like a lot of men will listen to it and definitely have so many things in here that they will they'll be like, yes, I understand, bro, bro, speaking, <laughs> yeah, and they will just be able to recognize you guys, some of you guys, you know, some parts of your story, even not all of it, some parts of your story. And I even think some men, some women, will even listen to this and be like, yo, I actually understand exactly what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Even as a woman, I get it. Because one of the things you guys are saying as men, even I'm a woman, I get it. Like I understand some of the things are very similar. Some of the things are very different from from a, from from a girl perspective. But it's just education again. Like you know, I'm really big on informing people and education because I feel like the lack of my favorite scripture is a lack of knowledge of people perish. That yes. has always been like, my favorite scripture because I feel like knowledge is so important. Education, and I know in our society when we say education, people just think about going to school and books. No, like education. Learn about the, the culture, tradition. Us, how we are as people learn about all these people's stories that like all these fun things this is how we learn and people speak and with a mental and emotional health and these kind of like awareness things and stuff and societal problems we learn from each other we learn from each other's stories because either we like it or not we're all connected somebody will listen to them and be like they went through the same thing you went through Smith, mm-hmm. or they went through the same thing you went through sam and you're totally yes. different people from even different skin color but they get mm-hmm. it because they went through the same thing we're all connected yes. and as we have men speaking out more about the story and sharing like being run by sharing their story and sharing you know their thing it makes it much more easier for others to also do the same and mm-hmm. it's all about normalizing it you know 
getting rid we can never get rid of mental and emotional health ever it will always be there but yes. the whole point of all of this is to normalize it make people be comfortable especially men again men mm-hmm. comfortable to speak about it. and that's how you break cycles that's how you break generational curses yes. that's how right. you break the norm break through this the, the glass ceiling that is there and that's what i'm all about breaking through that and i'm really grateful that you guys again are here with me sharing this story and again i just mm-hmm. hope that anybody who listened to get the full impact of this so mm-hmm. thank you thank you thank you guys very very much in a um very brief way like less than one minute any last words that anyone wants to say please go <laughs> okay so, uh, okay so, 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 so. all right so first of all i would like to say that don't joke with mental health because it will break you down i had a quote that says that mental health is twice as important as physical health because you can be very healthy you see all these tall men masculine people but then when their mental health when the mental health comes or when you have a mental health issue charlie you're going to be weak like something mental health will break you down so don't joke with it Charlie. general always meditate always calm yourself down meditate general journaling is one important thing that i've learned and it's very helpful you write your thoughts down and all of a sudden you feel like something has left you and don't journal on your laptop or something i feel like writing with a pen on a piece of paper really does magic so always journal take your mental health serious meditate and also pray Yes, that's what I'm saying. Thank you so much. That's that's brilliant. Now, Smith, it's your turn. Um, so I'm not going to give any form of like advice right now because like um, um, it's you have after listening to the whole podcast, it's already an advice. Yeah. What I would say is, if you do not agree with anything I said about mental health, about men, about women, about everything we've talked about, if you do not agree with it. And you have your opinions or your disagreements, especially with me or anything I said. Um, I'll urge you to speak to Akosia and come on the podcast and give and Definitely. give us so we can work things out. I mean, one break, one break a day, you know, ground up to the top. You know. Yes, so, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Conversations, conversations. Yeah. I love exactly me. I I love hearing. I love people. I love hearing people's stories. It fills me up so much. Mm-hmm. Like when I tell you guys, yeah, and those that are watching the vlog will know. Before you guys watch your vlogging, you know that before this vlog started, I was telling my my, my YouTubers that I don't even want to talk today. But yes. I know that as soon as I get into halfway through this conversation, mm-hmm. I'm going to have so much energy because I enjoy yes. this. Like, I yes. enjoy listening to people speak yes. and hearing people's stories and people's perspectives. And now I'm like a jolly, jolly butterfly. It's like I've eaten mm-hmm. 10 sugars and stuff. I'm so hyper now. Yes. Like, all my worries were outside of the window through this episode. And mm-hmm. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to have people like you in my life, people like you who support, people like you who are, have this similar mindset and kind of on the same journey as well and be, and be down to like you know talk about these things to break the stigma thank yeah. you very much guys yeah. now the last question i ask everybody right, and i thought we do smith as well is mm-hmm. when you hear students of life what do you think about first well for students of life it's it's a it, i would say it's a journey mm-hmm. for every human being listening to mm-hmm. the platform okay it's it's a stage where like everyone gets to like hear the the I'll say the right amount of like information to like you know to walk through this like life we are living in right now and um I'll call it like a guidebook, okay. I'll call it a guidebook for like almost everything we all we go through as human beings like on earth where like wow like, I love that a guidebook. Like, I won't say study, but you have to like observe and learn. Yeah. 
as everything goes on. Because like people like kind of like study things for a, a period of time and they drop it. If you if you observe and learn it, it becomes part of you, and you have to like you know you know grow with it. I love that. Thank you so much. So Sam, when you hear yeah. students of life, what do you think about like what does students of life mean for you? All right, so students of life, personally, I see life to be a journey, and it's always full of lessons. A lesson without a lecturer or a class without any lecturer, and you are the student. So life will continue teaching you, and you also keep you have to keep on learning. So that's basically what I think of students' life. I love it. I love hearing this one. I lo- this is like one of my favorite questions because I love hearing people's thoughts, how they think yes. of the podcast. I want to hear the, the name. What's the first that comes into mm-hmm. everyone? Always have different different ideas, you know, different mm-hmm. things. Thank yes. you guys again. Thank you guys so much for doing this with me. You guys are in different time zones. It's, yes. it's late in the night where you are. Um, I think isn't it, Sam? It's like twelve a.m. or something. I don't it's know. two. It's two, two p.m. here. 2 p.m. Okay, so yeah. Sam, is it Smith? Where, what time is it for you, Smith? Uh, 11, 11, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Okay, yes. okay, cool. But it's completely different time zone. Smith basically just woke up and jumped on it, bro, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and here, yeah. it's going to literally 8 p.m. here, and you guys still give me the time of the day, like, to, you know, sit down with me for the past, mm-hmm. like, almost two hours to do all yes. of this. And thank you so much. God bless you guys and everything you guys have going on as well. And I'm going to plug you guys when it comes to the description box as well, so people can yes. check you guys out. Definitely check out Smith, check out Sammy if you want to see more about their stories, see more about what they have going on and everything, the contents and stuff. I'll put in the, in the show this, um show notes so you can check out their Instagrams and their social medias. So definitely go there and connect with one on all social media platforms. Again, we're signing out, guys. Peace. Bye. Peace Bye. Out.